Hey y'all, welcome back to the 30 Days in the Psalms Challenge. Uh, my name is Adam and I co-lead our elementary ministry here at Lifehouse. And I'm excited today to bring you Psalm 127. It's titled A Song of Ascents and it's from Solomon. So uh, first, what is a song of ascents? Well, it, the truth is we don't really know for sure, um, but biblical scholars believe that these songs may have been sung on the ascent, that is the uphill road to the city of Jerusalem. And according to some traditions, um, Jewish priests also sang some of the songs of ascents as they walked up the steps to the temple. So with the songs of ascents like this one, one of Solomon's songs, you get the idea that um, this was a song for someone on the move, someone who was on a pilgrimage uh, up to the great city of Jerusalem. Uh, they would have been on the way to the temple. So it's kind of a cool idea. Anyway, let's kind of get into the psalm itself. Um, it's not a long psalm at all, um, but it is broken into two halves. So the first half is about God's blessings upon our work and our ambitions. So that's one half. And then the second half is about God's blessings upon our family and our legacy. And so when you combine the two halves, which is kind of the message of this psalm, you see that God's hands are in everything, in both halves of our lives, really. And so some people and kind of tend to focus um, on work and ambition and kind of um, leave God out of that. You know, they kind of put God just in their home, but don't bring him to work with them. You know, some, <clears throat> so so this psalm really shows that kind of that approach is wrong. And, and Solomon is showing us that there is not really one part of your life that God has left without a purpose. We act like, you know, that we <laughs> that we go to work or we must do like mundane things like do chores, run errands, uh, attend Zoom meetings, send emails and all that, and that God isn't a part of that. No, like it, God is for Sunday or God is for, you know, family time, that kind of thing, but he doesn't go with us to work. And so what Solomon is showing us in this psalm again is that God is part of like our entire life. His hands are in every a bit of it. So maybe in the back of our minds, we've left God at the front door of our house with our kids who are like waving goodbye to us as we leave for the day. It's like, all right, God is here at home. He's waiting for me when I get back from work. Um, see, we kind of put God in the second half of the psalm, our homes, our play, our friendships, our relationships. And we talk a lot about that, how God cares for those parts, but not the first part of the psalm our work and our ambition and our plans. Well, God's in all of that again. With Psalm 127, we see that God is just as interested in the other half of our lives too. In fact, Solomon makes it clear very very quickly here. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Um, that could be an actual house, you know, if construction is your your thing um, or a business, you know, it's more of a metaphor. It could be your career, whatever you're building. Maybe you're in school and you're building a degree. Maybe you've got big dreams. Um, so for that half of your life, if you will, Solomon is saying you better involve the Lord or your efforts are in vain. And I'm not saying that if you invite the Lord into it, it won't fail. Like that's not what Solomon is saying. What he's saying is that without the Lord, expect frustration. That's really what Solomon's talking about, that it's in vain because it, it will, you're inviting more frustration into it. Um, in fact, I was reading that, um, as a random fact, but for the city of Edinburgh, Scotland, on the city's crest, their motto is Nisi Dominus Frustra, and that's Latin for without the Lord, frustration. Nisi Dominus Frustra without the Lord frustration. And that's kind of a perfect picture 
of what Solomon is getting at in this first half of the psalm without the Lord frustration. So um, without the Lord, that sort of part of your life, that half, the one that generates the paycheck, you know what I'm talking about, if you will, um, will be full of frustration. So along the same theme we read, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So it's kind of the same deal here. If you're trying to protect what you've built, what you've worked so hard for, that without the Lord, you cannot be assured that your risk is covered, right? So, but without the Lord, you know, can what you build still crumble? You know, um, could it still be burned to the ground? Could it still be stolen? You know, can it still be hit with a hurricane? Sure, sure, sure. Yes, of course it can. But with the Lord, we, we read this at the end of the first half. This is an important point. He says, for he give for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. For he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Even when you've exhausted all your effort, which by the way Psalm, Solomon says is in vain, getting up early, working late, so much so that even your meals aren't something you look forward to. I think all of us have we've had a hard day at work, you, you think, oh man, at least there's lunchtime, right? I can take a break and I can eat and kind of unwind a little bit. He's saying, you know, it is it is vanity to work to such a degree that you can't even enjoy food. Like, it's all just a drudge. But Solomon is saying, even when you've done all that, even when you've worked your hardest, God is working on your behalf while you sleep. In fact, sleep is a gift for you, a worker. Get your rest, right? So, you know, so hear me today. You don't need to be that watchman staying awake in vain to protect your future. Okay? You don't have to be like that watchman who's up at all hours and wondering how this is going to turn out. You don't have to do that. Get your God-given rest. And I'm preaching to myself here because I'm guilty of this. I've been working overtime, honestly, this week. And see what God does while you sleep. Okay, so get your God-given rest and see what God does while you sleep. You know, those who don't have the Lord can't say that. You know, so now we get to the second half. Remember when I talked about there's two halves to your lives. There's this part that makes the money, right? This part that you're working for, your dreams, your your plans, your goals, your hobbies, these big things, these big things. And then you've got the second part, which is God's blessing on your family and your, really your legacy. And he says, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So Solomon, he's the wisest man who ever lives, the Bible says, you know, so it says, look, he says, open your eyes and see that children are a gift from the Lord. But not just that they're a gift. We all kind of know that. Like, we kind of already know that if you've had children and you've had them um, and right after they were born, if, if you stare at them, you hold them, you know, and, and you marvel at just, you know, how precious they are and how incredibly humbled you are to be this person's parent. Like, you get that. Like, you get that they're a gift. Like, it's not it's not a big secret. This is a huge, you know, deep wisdom here. But more than that, Solomon says they're a reward. And you're like, huh? They don't feel like that sometimes. Probably you're a parent. You're like, a reward. Okay. Um, but that's right. They're, they're a reward. Your kids, if you have them, were a reward for you. See, your kids weren't just at the start of your journey as a parent. You know, and we tend to kind of memorialize that moment when you have your first child. It, it is really special. You know, it's a, it's a transition to you know, being just a pair, you know, uh, two parents, and now you've got, you've got a child, and now you're a family, like, that's a huge moment to celebrate, but, but hear me out, this, if you have them, they're, they were a reward, 
your kids weren't just at the start of your journey as a parent um, and start of a family. <clears throat> you see, too, your child was also at the end of a different journey that you were on. So as a reward, you, maybe you didn't see it or maybe you didn't recognize it, but your child was at the end of a different journey you were on. They were the reward at the finish line of another process that God had you on. You know, God is that involved in your life. So, so think about it. You know, you say, yes, it's the start of a family. But as a reward, that child was the culmination of something God was doing with you. But really flip the script for a second. You, my brother, you, my sister, are someone else's child. You were their reward. You were God's gift to your mom, to your dad, to your family. You were a reward for the journey that they had been on. Okay, that's kind of heavy, right? You think about that. You were a reward to them. You were a gift to them. Isn't that awesome? So anyway, now we get to the end of the psalm and um, Solomon, who gets um, deep in Proverbs. That's a whole other book, right? He drops some wisdom that sometimes is hard to get your mind around. He drops this nugget. He says, like, arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Well, your child, children are like arrows. You know, how blessed are, are you if your quiver is full of them? What the heck does that mean? So Solomon is saying a child is like an arrow. An arrow has to be formed, shaped, straightened, uh, sharpened in order for it to fly straight and hit the target you aim for. Children don't just miraculously become self-autonomous, fully formed, um, functional, contributing members of society without some shaping and like an arrow, they must be aimed, they must be sent off into the world. As a parent, we are launching them into a dangerous world, so make sure you have good aim. That's kind of the kind of the idea there. So as a parent, you know, children are a gift and a reward and an investment. And this imagery of a warrior, you know, is that they're good at shooting arrows. Arrows uh, represent security for a warrior. They also represent protection and provision uh, for finding food. Um, so, and a child who's been shaped and sharpened is a good reward. So again, the big takeaway is that God needs both halves. God needs to be part of both halves of our lives. And that the part that makes the money and the part that builds the family, God is involved in all of that, okay? So anyway, I hope you enjoyed Psalm 127. Thanks for watching. Love you, Lifehouse family. Peace.